Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Tracy Crossley. Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi there. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you with us, Tracy. And, and let me give everyone a little bit of a, a background on Tracy so you know who we're speaking with today. Because Tracy Crossley is a master intuitive coach and mentor. And her work centers on emotional connection. She helps people get out of their head to uncover the belief system that drives their behavior. Then she guides them through emotionally driven actions to break the patterns that keep them stuck. Now, as someone who struggled with insecure attachment issues for most of her life, Tracy shares her experiences with equal parts empathy and humor. She's been there and knows how much is available to those who refuse to settle. The work she does leads to self-acceptance and a more authentic life. Tracy, do me a favor. If you would just take a minute, if there's anything we missed in your intro, please fill that in and then give us kind of a window into how you got started doing the amazing work that you do. All righty. Well, it's kind of interesting because I really, well, first let me back up a little bit. I started on my whole self-discovery journey over 20 years ago and I would read different books and go to different people trying to figure out why I felt the way I did. I could go to therapy and basically give the uh, therapist a little snow job and say, you know, diagnose myself basically. And um, anyways, I had read this book, long story short, this book led to a lot of synchronicity in terms of people that I met. I met the author of the book and her business partner, and they thought I'd make a great coach. I was unemployed at the time. And I didn't think I'd make a great coach, even though in my professional life, corporate life before that, I was always coaching people. Anyways, I ended up doing this coaching training and I still wasn't convinced. And yet my whole emotional life kept changing because of the kind of work that the book had really pointed out to me, hey, you need to do this. And also the coaching program. So long story short, that's kind of how I fell into it. And everything I do is so related to me personally and my own experiences. And of course, now I've been doing this for about nine years and it really does relate to the people who show up and work with me as well. Awesome. And I want to ask you something because you, you said your emotional life was changing. What do you mean by that? Well, okay. So when I was young, <laughs> when I was young, I didn't think that emotions were something that were necessary to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was super disconnected and there were a lot of reasons. I mean, I can get into the whole pathology behind that, but I was really disconnected. I was married and I was divorced in my early thirties and I had never felt that anxious and I had never felt that out of my skin. And 
I kept looking for solutions and trying to sort of put everything back in its compartments, and I never was able to. Um, and so what I discovered or what I discovered along the way was a lot of learning and growing and connecting to my own emotions, which that is a scary thing for a lot of people. And for me, it was super scary because I was really numb. And half the time, the only emotions I felt were things like depression, anxiety, you know, all the negative emotions and not really even understanding why. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, thank you for, for clarifying that. I think we all can relate in our own way. And, you know, it's so it's so important what you bring to the table, and, and especially in regards to partnership, because obviously you want a big playground for emotions, get in partnership, and it's going to show up. <laughs> so I'm wondering for you, what do you... What do you find keeps you anchored in partnership? I call it a guiding principle. Some people have a quote or a mantra, but what is it that you kind of have as a touchstone that you can come back to whenever you feel like you're kind of getting off in the weeds regarding your partnership? You know, it's funny. I say this to my clients because it's been my experience once again, transparent communication. I communicate everything, everything. Um, He does as well. And it's really important because there's nothing that gets caught and stuck under the rug so that I can build up resentment or he can, you know, we try to be as clear as possible. So it's interesting because we find ourselves saying things that we didn't say in past dysfunctional relationships. And so it's just sort of an outgrowth of the work that I've done, but yeah, transparent communication, that's it. Okay. So I'm going to ask what may be the obvious question that's running through, especially the women's minds that are listening. How do you get the guy to communicate? (laughs) That's awesome. You know, I have male clients too, and uh, I do find, and, and maybe it's just what I have gone through, but I guess in my own journey personally, I have found that as time went on, and I became more open and more available. The men I would meet were more open and more available. It really is about that emotional availability. And then the relationship I'm in now, we are both emotionally available. Sometimes I think he's actually more available than I am because he is so in touch with his emotions. And I don't believe, and this is me again, I don't believe you can obviously force somebody else to open up and talk. I also don't believe that you should manipulate or try to come up with certain strategies. What I actually believe is that if you are open-hearted and you are vulnerable and connected to yourself and you're stating what's true for you, that you would attract a partner like that or have a partner who appreciates that even if they don't communicate as well as you do. And that's just been my perspective. No, I, that is fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's so true. It's, it's the old, what's become a cliche of, you know, you're going to attract who you are. And so, like you said, if, if, if you're not emotionally available, guess who you're going to attract. And I know a lot of people get frustrated by those kind of things. They're like, Oh, that's a cliche. Well, the reason it's a cliche is because it's so true that it's very common. That's what makes it a cliche. It's not false. It's true. That's why it's a cliche. So <laughs> it's it's interesting because this is one of those things where we're like, well, how do I get him to? It's like, hmm, maybe that's a reflection that you're not really open. Well, I'll open up once he does. Mm. 
Yeah. That's kind I've of heard like that a million chicken times. and the egg thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's not and really going to work that, that way, and you can't control him, but you can control you. So that's where your power lies. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. It's so true. And and the best part is because I coach men and women and like right now I'm coaching a couple who are going through a divorce mm -hmm. and I coach them individually, not as a couple. Mm -hmm. And it's been very interesting watching how their dynamic, the dance they do, the patterns that they have, you know, because of their belief system about themselves. It comes from your belief system of something in lack, lack of self-worth, lack of love, whatever it happens to be. Um, and then it's sort of these patterns and then you meet somebody and then your patterns coincide because of your own awareness of those patterns. Like you may not even have an awareness and then you blame your partner. So that's what I'm finding like with coaching these two people that it's just so apparent to me how their communication is really destroying their relationship. That's so true. So, so true. And you know, I know you were just sharing with me before we, we got on the show that, that you're uh, in the process of, of moving in with your partner, which is so cool. Congratulations. Thank so you. Obviously, things are going well, <laughs> especially with all the other things you mentioned that are in play at the same time. You must be managing this well. But we've all had those times when things didn't go so well. Maybe not necessarily in this relationship, maybe in a past one. And I'm, I'm wondering if you would do us a favor because our, our listeners love when our, our guests share their stories of their own personal experiences. And what I would love to know is when is a time in your life when you're kind of tripped up in your partnership and, and, you know, let us know what were you doing? What'd you trip on? And then what were you able to learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Wow. You know, that's a big question. And I say it's a big question because there's so much, like most of, what I understand about myself has come from all the dysfunction that I've been through. I mean, I was one of these people who didn't. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to back up a bit. I, I really was one of these people coming out of my marriage that, first of all, didn't want to own how I felt. Okay, so to begin with, I kept thinking, well, I want a relationship. But then every time I'd see a couple together, I thought that was the world's worst thing in the world. Mm. So I attracted people who also weren't really interested in having a relationship, you know, one that you have an actual commitment, not just a commitment of, hey, I do, but commitment of, hey, I show up. And I picked people who were avoidant and I was avoidant, but I didn't own it for many years. You know, I was just like so many other people where I was blaming. I didn't take responsibility. I kept thinking, well, I'm perfect and he's not. And that was pretty much how I was raised. You know, my parents were like that. And so it was through all of that and not feeling good. You know, I kept not feeling good. And even if let's say I won the argument, I would feel bad or I would have somebody in my life who would show up and then they'd check out. I mean, I had so many of those kind of relationships and it was always, well, he's doing this and he's doing that, but I was doing the same thing. I just didn't see it. And so all of these things kept teaching me. And I remember specifically this one relationship that I had, and it was an on and off relationship for six years. And it was really the one that came before the one I'm in. And one day I was walking down the street and it slapped me upside the head. Something did, something came out of nowhere. And it said, Hey, 
you. You're the problem. Until you get this emotionally figured out, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to break up. You're not going to run away. You're going to stay put and you're going to ride the waves of whatever garbage you have that you are not dealing with. And literally, that was a huge turning point for me because I started recognizing a lot of the things that I would do that made it unhealthy as well. You know, it wasn't just him. Oh, it was me. And so when you take that kind of responsibility, anybody does, it changes your whole perspective on all of your relationships. And that also played into it. So I I could keep going. Like this is a big subject for me. So just feel free to say, okay, Trace, so (laughs) what else? (laughs) Okay. What else? No, here's, here's where I want to take it. I want to take it to kind of a nuance of the same topic. And for this, what I'd love to hear from you is just a single example of what I call that duh moment, right? Where you're sitting there and I know you just described, you know, just the bigger picture one of you're the problem, but what's one of those specific times where you're sitting there and all of a sudden you go, I really can't believe I've been missing this for all this time. And then what did that wake up moment do as far as provide you with a building block when you move forward in partnership? You know, it's funny that you say that because I can't recall that in the past. Okay. Like, like that moment I had, and then there were a lot of little moments of, um, of saying my truth. I guess that would be another thing. And I'll, I'll go to what I was going to say, but first I'll say back in those days, I had to learn to speak my truth. And that was the hardest thing in the world because first of all, I didn't know what the heck that was. I learned it wasn't blame, but that's where I started. I started with blame, blame, blame. But these are things I never spoke because I was always the person who held it inside. I never let it out. Like a lot of women, a lot of women do not speak up. They don't say it's true. You know, they'll pout or they'll give the cold shoulder or they'll ignore. I mean, those are the things I used to do. And when I started to actually speak up, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, I had so much anxiety all the Mm -hmm. time and I, I started speaking And um, it changed a lot. And as I started becoming more responsible for myself, I just kept doing it. And I kept giving myself license. I kept saying to myself, Tracy, you're going to express yourself no matter what he says or does. I didn't say things to try and get a specific outcome. And that's how most people speak. I was speaking because I knew if I didn't express this, that I was letting myself down. And it's one of the ways that I develop value. So that was one aspect. I don't know if you want me to go to what I originally was going to say or not, but okay. So the other thing is when in the relationship I'm in now, I've gotten triggered because I'm a human being, right? So I got triggered this one time and this was such a great moment for me because I knew it. So I had the awareness to know that something my boyfriend was doing and he wasn't doing it to me to hurt me. It was my perception. And I knew it was my perception, but I still had all these emotions about it that, you know, felt like, oh my God, I'm going to burst if I don't say something. And so I did. And I was very clear about, hey, I totally understand what you're doing. I, I see it and you're not doing anything wrong, but this is how I'm feeling about it. And so the thing that ended up happening was it triggers him. The most interesting part of this and why I'm sharing this is we both 
sat there because we had decided at the beginning of the relationship that we're both putting in effort. We, mm-hmm. This is a good thing and we want to keep it good. And so I had to sit with my reaction and he was sitting with his reaction. And it was really wild because for me, I'm able to get to a pretty deep place with myself. And I had to say some vulnerable things like where I might use, where I might have in the past said, I'm off to my igloo. See you later. You know, mm-hmm. bye-bye. I didn't. I sat there and he did the same thing. And what's really funny is that that has not been a trigger again. It would never even be a trigger because it doesn't even register anymore. So that's the cool part about it. And that is a big thing for me because it makes me feel like I'm growing and he feels like he's growing. So it's cool. So I got to ask something because, so here's my vision of what you just described. So you got triggered and Mm -hmm. you spoke to it. And then you two just sat there. Are you talking about you sat there and you talked about it or you literally just sat there and brooded? We both sat there kind of feeling our feelings, mm-hmm. right? And talking, mm-hmm. um, kind of talking through it. But I, I, before I speak, I want to make sure of what I'm speaking from. I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm careful. It's that I want to make sure I'm really expressing what is true for me. Not so he stays or goes, but so that I am clear with myself. And then it comes out clear to him. So it's a bit of sitting there. Literally, we were sitting at my table, mm-hmm. sitting there, feeling things, and then both of us speaking. And I said that to him. I said, God, you know, I usually run to my igloo. He's like, yeah, I, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so we were able to communicate through it. And, and then, you know, we kind of went about our day. And we, I think this was probably like an hour of our lives. And then we revisited it again. And we kept revisiting it until there was no emotional charge left Mm -hmm. for both of us. Mm -hmm. So what I call that is being your own bomb squad. Nice. Because, you know, it's, if if you don't say anything, it's like this ticking time bomb over in the corner and you can hear Mm -hmm. it ticking, but you're like, okay, let's just go away. That way we don't have to pay attention to the bomb in the corner. But when you come back, you're aware it's been ticking that whole time, which means by default, it's closer to going off which makes you even more nervous. So you avoid it some more as opposed to going, why don't I just cut the wires? Let's, let's defuse the mm-hmm. bomb. So we don't have to worry about this thing hanging out in the corner of the room. Right. Right. And, and like you said, exactly then you get to a point where there isn't a charge anymore. It's gone. We've defused the bomb. Yep. And that's the truth. You know, and that's something that, was new for me. I mean, I, with the relationship with the person I had that was on and off for six years, he was open to a certain degree. Like we could talk about a lot of these things, but not, it, I can't even say it was in the same ballpark, but this, we have this commitment to not having bombs go off. And so I don't walk around feeling resentment at all with him, not in any way, shape or form. So that's a new thing because I've never been in a relationship with someone where I have felt so clear. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. So we talked about a couple of, you know, kind of pitfalls and struggles and challenges. And I'd like to kind of switch gears and ask you to share a story with us of of what I call one of those proud moments in partnership. One of those times where you look back on it and you kind of can't help but smile and you're just like, that was so cool. <laughs> well, there's a variety of those. Um, 
like when it was my birthday last Friday and oh, I mean, he just birthday. did. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You know, he, yeah, he really just, he loves to do things for me. And so it was really cool. You know, he did some really cool things. Um, and, but this is what was the coolest thing to me as we were laying in bed the next morning. And he says, you know, I love myself unconditionally because I have to process things at times because, you know, and I've worked really hard to do this, but I, I do. And I just thought I have a partner who unconditionally loves himself. Oh my gosh. I mean, to me, that was amazing because I believe we're a mirror for each other. And I totally think, wow, that must say a lot about where I'm at too. Absolutely. And you know, the, the other thing that I'm hearing when you're saying that is that that was a safe space to even express that. Yeah. That it was like, I can say this and you're not going to think I'm an arrogant asshole. You're not going to think I'm so, you know, self-righteous or whatever. You're going to be like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like that's yep. a tremendous well, you know, gift to have that safe vessel that you guys can be that genuine in. Yeah, we do. And I was going to say, what's funny is just to talk a little bit about him in the past, he's never felt safe. You know, he's always been in relationships with women where he was heavily criticized and where he felt like he was a disappointment at times. And so he's done a lot of work on himself to get to where he is. And the fact that the things that, you know, when we've had trigger moments and we haven't had one in a long time. And now that I say that, I'll probably have one tonight. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, but, but we haven't had a lot of them. But when we have, there has been the safety that just keeps building and building to where I know. And, and I don't know how to explain it, but it's just this commitment that we have. We just have this commitment and we're both so much on the same page and we have a lot of similar beliefs and similar values. And I think that also has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's so cool. So I want to ask you, how do I ask this? So I know in your in your intro, you mentioned that you you work with your your clients and the people you work with through what you called emotionally driven actions. Can you give us an example of what that looks like? Um, yes, I can give you so many examples of what that looks like. <laughs> and the reason I say, I say that is depending on where a person is, whether they're dating, whether they're married, whether they're in a long-term relationship, whether they're in a long-term relationship and they have somebody else on the side. You know, I have people who are in a variety of situations. And so when I have them take an emotional risk, it's usually to be vulnerable where it's not safe. In other words, mm. you said this earlier about wanting someone to make it safe for you, but you have to have a certain level of safety in yourself. And the only way you can do that is to have courage to actually break through your own patterns, your own fears about it. And so a lot of times when I'm in a session with somebody, especially somebody who's new, I don't put them in that position right away. I want them to, first of all, have awareness of their patterns and how they're creating part of the situation or half the situation with their reactions, with how they do the stance. And I'm all about just speak your truth. So I, on a smaller level, I'll have somebody who will start with me and they'll say, I want to let 
this person I'm seeing know that I want to see them, but I've never said that because they are so anxious and so afraid to say the wrong thing because what if that makes the relationship go sideways or they lose it and they have a lot of fear around that. And so I'll say to them, just say, I want to see you. Not, I want to see you. Can you see me? Just, I want to see you because that's you saying what's true for you, period. And that, I mean, that sounds small to a lot of people, but to some people that's scary, especially if, especially if you're the one who's always waiting to hear from the other person and you don't participate and you don't put anything out there. The other thing is when people have been in a relationship, it's to actually, this is a big thing. When people fight, a lot of times they have a certain dance they do. And one of them will leave or maybe it escalates or what have you. And I have said to one of my clients at one point, I said, what about if you just put both feet in? What if you just stand there, okay, and don't leave and don't react in the same way? In other words, just listen. Just do something to break the pattern. Because it's not that they're going to possibly be able to listen the whole time. I'm talking about even for a second or even for a second putting both feet in. And these are little things to some people, but they're big things to other people once again. And so I look for these little nuanced places to start with because it grows from there. The size of an emotional risk where you might tell somebody something that they're not going to want to hear. And it's not about them. Again, it's about the person that I'm talking to. It has to be because I can't go in someone else's head and speak for them, but I can for myself. And that is very scary to a lot of people because we are so built on these patterns. We, as much as we want change, are afraid of changing them. So it's, it's like that. I, I can just talk about this. You can tell, I'm sure <laughs> I can get, you know, on and on about it, but you get the point, I hope. And if not, please feel free to ask me. No, that's, that's, it's great. And actually one of, one of my recent guests on the show had a great comment. He said, everybody wants change as long as it looks exactly like it was before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I might actually use that because it's true. Yeah, because we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all on board. Let's do this change. And he was talking about in a business environment where he came in and they said, we want you to help change the culture, but nobody wanted their part changed. Of course. It's of like, course. Well, no, 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 I meant change them. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't touch my little world. That's that's just perfect. Don't change that. And it is. It's scary. Right. It's vulnerable because we don't know what that's going to lead to. Yep. And that is the thing that I love. Like I tell people all the time, the art of surrender is the best thing ever. Because if you surrender this false sense of control you think you have anyway, which that false sense of control is just going to keep you, again, in the same patterns and life stays the same. But when you surrender and you go, you know what, I'm going to accept everything as it is. I'm going to look at it as a stage of my life and literally like being on the stage, this is a play. Everything is where it's supposed to be. It's like you have to first do that and you surrender to it and you go, what can I learn here? Mm -hmm. What could be interesting to me? And that's how you can grow. And it feels amazing because surprises, I believe, come out of nowhere. Like, hey, I've let go of trying to control everybody. And amazingly enough, things are working better. What a shock. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's huge. Thank you. 
Well, you're right. You and I could probably talk for the next three weeks, but um, I, I know we both have busy days and, you know, the show isn't designed to go that way. So we're at a point in the show, Tracy, I call it Bring It All Home. And this is where we're going to step away from the stories. And I'm going to ask you for some very simple, specific guidance for our listeners that they can take and take these bullet points home and apply them right now. And, and where I want to start is very simply with what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Wow, that's a pretty big one. I would have to say that the best partnership advice I've ever received is to stay open-hearted, stay open-hearted, be open-hearted, because that means everything. Because relationships shouldn't be lived in your head, they should be lived in your heart, because they're supposed to be about love. That's awesome. And so true. Thank you. Right? Because we get stuck in our heads. We've studied all this stuff. Oh, We've read yeah. all these books. We've watched all the, you know, trainings or whatever. And we're like, oh, I'm supposed to ask this or I'm supposed to do that. I actually was just working with a client last week. And, and she, to speak of surrender, so what we were working on is her giving up her idea of how poorly her second date went with this guy. Because she knew the whole time she was strategizing. She goes, I, I was new to dating again. It had been 30 years. And I'm like, I read all these books and I had all these rules. And so I was watching every word I said and when I said it and how I did this and what everything else. And I was not present at all. Mm, and so she yeah. was beating herself up that this somehow was like the worst thing in the world, even though they'd still, you know, been in, been in contact and relationship. And she was still hanging on to that. Like somehow she had to pay some price for that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but what you're talking about, that stay open-hearted is so huge. And that's what she came to recognize for herself was, you know what? I was totally in my head that whole date, and I, I wasn't comfortable, and I was anxious, and all this stuff. But my first date, I was totally in my heart, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so getting back to that space and going, okay, all these rules and stuff I keep trying to rationalize my way through my relationships aren't going to get me where I want to go. And she made huge, tremendous progress in going, I'm just going to be with this. I'm just going to be present and be my best self. And that's all I have to worry about. That's awesome. And yeah. that is really true. It gets simpler when you do that. It simplifies exactly. everything. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, let me ask you this then, Tracy. What would you say is the book or maybe it's another resource that you would recommend to our listeners? If you could just recommend one, why that particular resource and what would it be? That's so funny. And the first, and I'm very much about intuitively answering these questions and the four agreements. So mm. I love the four agreements. I read it, I guess it's been almost 20 years. It's been a long time. And I love the fact that if you actually follow the four agreements, you can actually feel good. If you follow it emotionally, I think trying to do anything mentally, it never sticks. But if you can emotionally make a change in your life, and to me, to not think, take things personally, to not assume, big in relationships, because some people are so wired to, and I used to be one of those people, to take everything personally that my partner was doing and assume all sorts of stuff as though I knew what was going on inside of them. You know, the other thing to be impeccable with your word. You should always be 
impeccable with your word because it's a reflection of how you actually feel about yourself. And the other one, to do your best, even if it's just breathing to me, I, I think that's great because that means I'm always showing up for life. So those are important foundational characteristics that I really try to implement in my life with all of my relationships. And it's made a difference because I don't walk around with stories in my head 24-7. I wonder why they did this. I wonder why they did that. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this or they're doing that. I don't have any of that. I, my head is a very quiet place nowadays. So wow. I, I love that book. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tremendous. It's on my nightstand. <laughs> I, I reference nice. it all the time. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful book. Thank you. Yeah. Well, as I said, Tracy, we don't have time for everything you and I would like to talk about. So can you do me a favor? Can you make sure that our listeners know how to contact you and learn more about what you do? Absolutely. They can go to my website, which is tracycrossley.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-C-R-O-S-S-L-E-Y.com. And on my website, there's several different things that might be of interest in terms of, I have a podcast also, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, it's really speaking to a lot of what I'm talking about today. And you can contact me through my website as well, or you can email me, Tracy at tracycrossstate.com. Wonderful. And for any of you listening and you're in the midst of doing something else, which is pretty common with podcasts, we will have that link and everything available so you can get a hold of Tracy and check out what she does on her show page. So it'll be really easy. You just go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Tracy, and you'll have all the information and the links right there. Well, Tracy, I got to tell you, this has been a, a wonderful, wonderful little piece in my day. I'm so glad we were able to connect, and, and I love everything you've shared. Thank you so very, very much for being on the show. Absolutely, and I'm really, um, this has been a great experience. And I'm really happy that I have been because now I can go back to <laughs> packing <laughs> my house up. But this is what I was looking forward to today. So thank you so much for having me on. You're super welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.